Good morning, church. Good morning. Oh, man, I've missed you so much. I've missed that good morning welcome. It is so good. Good morning, choir. And praise man, good morning. I feel like uh, just greeting everyone, uh, but I won't. So as you know, I've had COVID-19. Uh, boo, not great. Uh, I am through my CDC guidelines of quarantining and recovering and all that. I took a full dosage of Poxlovid. I did all the stuff, right? Um, but I will say I'm still, um, I want to be ultra cautious, so I'll wear a mask uh, when I'm out and around. I'm not going to pass the peace of Christ, not going to greet in the back of the church today. Um, and during the singing, I'm going to stay seated because I'm still working on feeling uh, 100% and uh, getting my strength back. I think after laying in bed for 14 days, it's uh, hard to get back on the road, but I'm, I'm doing my best. So thank you though for, thank you, Pastor Will, by the way. Give it up for, Will is um, just so amazing. I mean, I dropped the service on his plate with about five minutes to go last week and uh, he just, did an amazing job. Thank you, Pastor Will, uh, for your leadership. Uh, thank you for your, le your leadership while I was on vacation and then while I was sick as well. It feels like it's been a while because it has, um, but it's just so good to be together. So welcome to Grace. If this is your first time, welcome to Grace. I know we have a few uh, visitors with us today. Uh, the clerk of session from my last church, uh, Nancy LeBlanc, is here. Welcome, Nancy. So good to see you. One of the girls' favorite Sunday school teachers as well. Uh, sorry, Nancy, now they have a lot more uh, Sunday school teachers who they love, but they still love you as well. Um, it is so good to be together on the second Sunday of Advent. We have a few announcements. Uh, has anyone seen that preschool thermometer? It's, it's getting way up there. We have that exciting matching uh, loan right now, so, or matching gift. So any gift you give to the preschool capital campaign will be matched 100%. So if you give $10,000, the gift will match $10,000 up to $25,000. We already have had some giving come through that has been matched. So we are so thankful, but we ask you to continue to think about the preschool capital campaign in your year in giving, as well as just thinking about all of the ways you can bless the church coming into the end of the year. Uh, your bulletin lays it out as well, uh, what year in giving here looks like, but uh, we'd love for you to get involved in that as much as possible. Christmas fellowship, is it? This is the time of the year we're together, right? Yes. This is when we're supposed to be together. So next weekend, uh, we are going to be together December 17th at 3 p.m. We're having a one, oh, sorry, Arlene. Arlene's like uh, pushing me out of the way here. I don't want to take your thunder. Okay, we want everybody to come to this event, whether you signed up or not. If you signed up and you go, oh, I should have brought so-and-so, bring all your friends. Um, we are going to start here in the, in the sanctuary at 3 o'clock. Our wonderful children are going to be singing. We're going to sing carols, and uh, the ladies of grace are going to have a song. Then we're going to go over to the fellowship hall. I'm so excited. I went to the bakery, and I saw these cookies. We're going to be decorating uh, Christmas trees, stars, and bells, and they're big, and what's really cool is they have a hole in them, so you can put them on ribbon and hang them up on the tree, and what we don't ice, you are more than welcome to take home, so if you don't have time to bake cookies, you need to come next Sunday. We want one and all to come, and uh, we'll stop sign-ups outside, but uh, online, 
just come, bring your friends and, and kids. If you remember at the last minute, all are welcome. We're going to have apple cider, hot chocolate, and just have a wonderful time of fellowship, as Pastor John has said. So we look forward to seeing you next Sunday at 3 o'clock, starting here in the fellowship hall, I mean, here in the church, and then we'll go over to the fellowship hall. Thank awesome. You. Thank you, Arlene. And by the way, my cookies will not make it to the tree. Um, I'm going to eat all of my cookies. If you put your cookie on the tree, God bless you. But I'm, I'm eating mine. We are continuing our Advent study. Last week we had tri-tip. I am so bummed I missed the tri-tip, by the way. But uh, this week we'll have another wonderful study together. We gather in the fellowship hall at 5 p.m. on Wednesday evening. There's a warm meal served. We have a brief study. There's a little bit of a craft for the kids. It's just a wonderful time to all come together as God's church family. So we welcome you uh, to come into the Advent study if you haven't made it yet. No big deal. Come this Wednesday, 5 p.m. We would love to have you there. Now, we have these awesome Advent devotionals as well. These are in the back at the table where the offering plates are at. You can look back at Mark if you want to see where they're at. Um, we have these awesome Max Lucado devotionals. Uh, these are a gift from Grace to you this Christmas season. So feel free to grab one of those on your way out. We encourage you to do whatever you can to come in to this season of expectation and anticipation. Uh, the last way we do that is through the Christmas Joy gift offering. This is one of the offerings we support throughout the year that goes to the Presbyterian Church. Um, it goes 50-50 between, I believe, uh, underpaid pensions and our historical ethnic colleges. So it, this is a great way to give. We'll take up this offering on Christmas Eve. So if you want to know more, there is a pamphlet inside of your bulletin. Um, I think that's everything. Oh, we're hiring. Grace is hiring. If you want an evening job, if you've been looking for a little extra income, whatever that is, we have a, a janitorial position available. That position involves cleaning and setup and a bunch of different stuff. Uh, but if you're interested in it, if you have a grandkid, if you have a neighbor, if you have a son or daughter, anyone who you think might enjoy either extra supplemental income or a job and they just need that job right now, send them our way. We would love to have a conversation with them. All the information is on our website at gpcvista.org. Welcome. That, that was a lot, but it's so good to be together. I can talk all day, but I think I'm uh, going to hand it off now. So let us worship the Lord.
A message is sent to prepare the way. The tone is set for what will be involved. John comes, crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the coming Messiah. There shall be baptism with water. Jesus will baptize with the Holy Spirit. There shall be confession of sins. Christ will himself be the means of repentance. Heralds, proclaim what is to come, offering a foretaste of what to expect. Let everything we do worship the Lord. Please stand if you are able and join me now in our responsive call to worship. Let me hear what you will speak, O God, for you will speak peace to your people. Yea, God will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. God's righteousness, let us worship, that we may walk in the Lord's way. Pray with me now. O God of peace, your way is sure and leads to salvation. You send your Son the promise of life eternal. Your Holy Spirit guides us to truth. We hear your heralds proclaim the path of obedience and receive your abounding grace, making firm our footsteps. We know that all is made ready to follow you faithfully. We praise you in thought, word, and deed. By your mercy, affirm your unending love for us. And in our worship, make us alive in your promise. Amen. Please remain standing as the praise band sings, Make Us One. Wow, listen, did you hear that? Isn't it great that uh, God has made peace between uh, us sinners and him? And uh, now we need to also make peace between each other. There's so much division in the world, isn't it? And uh, in his love, we can do it. Uh, boy, we sure need it. And this song, Make Us One, is is so uh, relevant right now. Make us one, make us one, by the power of your spirit, make us one, so your kingdom your kingdom will come. Make us one, Lord, make us one. Help us, Lord, help us, Lord, by the power of your Spirit. Worship you as we 
There's a road that leads to happiness. A bridge that spans the emptiness between God and man. Peace. The way, the truth, and the life.
So why do we pass the peace of Christ? You know why? I know we talk about it sometimes, but we pass the peace of Christ to make stuff right with our neighbor in the pew before we make stuff right between us and God. So we look at our neighbor and we say, may the peace of Christ be with you. May you forgive me for all I've done. And then you look at them and say, and also with you, right? So we make peace with one another on this Sunday of peace. So let us turn to one another and greet them with the love and peace of Christ by saying, may the peace of Christ be with you and responding and also with you. Please be seated for the lighting of our Advent candle today by Ken and Sue Bouchard. Good to see you, Bouchards. Yes. 
watch and wait for Christ is coming, like candles of hope, peace, joy, and love, remembering the promises of God with prayer. We light this candle in hope. We light this candle in peace. Hear Zechariah's song of hope for peace to the Christ child, a reading from Luke chapter 1, verses 76 through 79. Your child will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before him, the Lord, to prepare his ways, to give knowledge and salvation to his people by forgiveness of their sins, by the tender mercy of our God, the dawn on high who will break upon us, to give light to those who sit in the darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Let us pray. God of hope, Prince of peace, you speak peace through the world in the way of the Christ child. Help us embody your peace and live as peacemakers that we may be called children of God. God of hope, God of peace, into the darkness come. Amen.
All right, now we're going to have the kids come up for the children's message. I know we have a very special children's message today, right, Miss Arlene? Always. Come on up, kids. What a good-looking crew. Yeah. I am so glad the Denton kids come to this church or I'd be talking all to you. <laughs> so, are you guys feeling it? Are you feeling the excitement, the preparation of what's coming? Well, I don't know if your mother's like me, but when company's coming and I'm preparing my kids, get out of my way. It's pick up, pick up your toys, clean the house, the bathrooms, because we're having company, and I want to create something really special. Well, that John the Baptist, we're going to talk about John the Baptist in Mark 1, 1 through 8. He was preparing the way, and he was preparing the way for Jesus to come, and he was telling everyone to repent. You know what repent means? To say you're sorry. When you, when you get in a fight with your sisters, do you guys say you're sorry to each other? That's a way of repenting. Well, John was telling every, everybody to repent because Christ Jesus was coming, and he wanted to prepare everybody's heart to accept Christ as their Savior, and he baptized Jesus. He had the incredible honor to baptize Jesus. So as we're thinking about Christmas and the birth of the baby Jesus, we need to prepare our hearts to accept him and to keep him in our hearts every single day, day and to make sure that we try to do our best. And when we mess up, and boy, do I mess up, then we just say, Lord Jesus, I am so sorry, especially when I'm on the California freeway. Whoa. Blessing and cursings come out of the same mouth. So I go, Lord Jesus, forgive me. So let's bow our heads and pray. Lord, we are just so thankful to you that John had prepared the way for your coming. And we are expecting you to come again. So keep our hearts clean. Help us to be kind to everybody. And when we mess up, Jesus, how wonderful that we can say we're sorry and you forgive us. And you don't even remember what we did or what came out of my mouth. And I thank you so much for that, Lord. Bless these children and let them have a wonderful time and be blessed in Sunday school along with their teacher. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, kids, have a great time on Sunday school. My kids know nothing about the words that come out of my mouth on the freeway. Our first scripture lesson today is from Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 through 11. Hear now the word of the Lord. Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for, for all her sins. A voice cries out, in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all people shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? 
All people are grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows upon it, surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but, but the word of our God will stand forever. Praise God. The word of our God will stand forever. Get up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up. Do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See, the Lord God comes with might, and his arm rules with, for him. His reward is with him, and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. Please stand if you're able as we sing together the advent of our God. You may be seated. Sometimes those short hymns are exactly what we need, huh? <laughs> if you would, pull out the Bible you brought with you, fire up your mobile phone app, or uh, grab a pew Bible, and turn to the Gospel of Mark. Chapters 1, verses 1 through 8. Hear now the word of the Lord. The proclamation of John the Baptist. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. The voice of the one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all of the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, 
and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I will be coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandal. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, it is so good to be together on this day. We are aware that as we sit here in the pew, we have friends who are sick. We have friends who have had health emergencies. We have friends who have had health crisis. We have had friends who are in the midst of it all, Lord, in the deepest struggles. Let us all come together on this day, Lord, whether we're here, whether we're at home sick on the couch watching, whether we're recovering, whether we just couldn't get up the strength to be here, Lord. But together we know we gather as your church. But those who are here, those who are at home, those who are watching online, together we are your people. Together we cry for peace on this day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Uh, Funny story before I jump in here. I went to, I had to get something altered, so I went to the alteration store. It was like Superior Alteration. Great place, awesome place. But I went there, and I walk in, and the lady in the back altering clothes, I gave him my tag, and they said, what's your name? I was like, well, John. And the lady altering clothes looked up and said, like, John the baptizer? And I was like, well, yeah, but a little less beard and camel hair and all this stuff, and she was like, I, I like that name. I love John the Baptist. And I said, okay, like this is a good, a good way to start our clothes-altering experience. <laughs> but uh, the one who prepares the way. But when I think of times of great preparation in my life, it's easy to look back at this one moment in time as the time I've been most prepared or the time I've put the most preparation into anything. I remember being in my late 20s, and we had this small apartment on Laguna Niguel, and I woke up one morning with Stephanie standing over me. And I wake up, and you know, what's going on? And Stephanie looks at me and says, well, we're having a baby. Yeah. Now, we had been preparing. We've been married for a long time. We've been preparing for a long time, praying for a long time, dreaming for a long time. And we, we just asked God, like, hey, let's do this. We want this. We've been looking forward to this very news. But doubts and concerns had started to come in and all that noise and all the concern and all that stuff that kind of starts filling your mind as you're trying to have a kid but can't. But we remained hopeful through that entire time. So we finally, we found out we were having a baby and it was so exciting. But as you can imagine, all of a sudden those nerves started to creep in as well. You have great excitement But then also you realize you're totally unprepared for what's about to happen. This is a similar situation we enter into in today's text. As Pastor Will preached last week, we have this obvious path of hope. People have been expectantly waiting for Jesus for generations. From the prophet Isaiah to John the Baptist and everyone in between. Kind of like Stephanie and I, they had been preparing. 
but you can never actually be prepared for what's about to happen, can you? You can, as we talked about in our Advent class two weeks ago, you can expect something, right? You can expect something to happen, but what you actually anticipate is going to happen is completely different. So I remember as expectant parents, you guys can probably think what we did, but as expectant parents, we signed up for every single class the hospital had to offer. So we took a class on sleep habits. We took a class on swaddling babies, and I, I got pretty good at a great swaddle. We took a class on different kinds of rashes, on changing diapers, on how to put a kid in a car seat. There seemed to be a class for everything. But as my mom and dad could have told us, as you maybe could have told us, whether you take a class on it or not, guess what? You're going to have to change a diaper, right? It's going to happen. That each night your kid's going to go to sleep regardless of how many classes you took on how to swaddle them or on good sleep habits. The classes helped Stephanie and I a lot. But Sailor, Sailor was going to be Sailor regardless of how perfectly she was swaddled or not. Jesus had brought the kingdom of heaven down to earth. And John the Baptist was shouting, get ready, take all the classes, do all the stuff, prepare the way. The day you've been waiting for is now. You may think you're ready, but guess what? You haven't seen anything yet. I was, right, ba -ba 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 baby, you ain't seen nothing yet. Is it? No? Is, <laughs> Pat, you want to sing it with me? The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, see, I am sending a messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the path of the Lord. Make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness proclaiming a baptism of repentance, of forgiveness of sins. Friends, expectations are high this Advent, aren't they? I feel this Advent's different. I feel this Advent has been harder for us, harder for our collective whole. When I got the message about Pastor Phil having a fall, I thought, what's going to be next? It seems like such a full plate. We've each had so much come before us this Advent. But I want to suggest even when expectations are high this Advent, even when it seems like things might be tougher this Advent, I want to suggest three ways to find peace in the middle of our expectation and preparation. If you have a card in your bulletin, one of those sermon notes, you can take notes if you want. If not, no worries. But the first way to find peace this Advent is to realize that your greatest expectations have already been met. Your greatest expectations have already been met. Part of the Pharisees and the Sadducees' problem was they had different expectations than the new reality that was brought about when Jesus was born. Their expectations were completely different than the outcome Jesus brought about. But isn't it, isn't it easy for that to happen when our expectations look different than the outcome? We had family photos the other week, and I can tell you, 
The kids were rolling in the dirt, jumping on rocks, and we, we just wanted to take a photo. It's like, come on, kids, let's get together. The, the outcome's different, right? The kids might be a little bit messier. Their hair might look different. But we want, we want that perfect photo so bad. So during the season of preparation for us, sometimes our expectations don't always align with our reality. Sometimes what we expect doesn't align with our reality. When we were going through uh, having kids, there was this popular pregnancy book. They turned it into a mobile phone app just for us, I think. It was called What to Expect When Expecting. And I'm pretty sure this app caused more anxiety than it did give you anything helpful. (laughs) Well, (laughs) it's one of those things that's what happens if I'm not experiencing what the app tells me I'm supposed to be experiencing, right? The app says you're supposed to feel this way, but on that day you feel different. What, what do we do now? Do you go to the doctor? Do you call someone? Do you ask mom? I mean, it just led to so much anxiety. What happens if our expectations don't line up exactly with where the book says we're supposed to be? Suddenly this clear clash happens where expectations aren't met. And all of a sudden, concern settles in, right? All of a sudden, we become concerned that maybe maybe stuff isn't right. Maybe you feel that concern this Advent. Maybe stuff isn't right in our world. Maybe stuff isn't right in our families. Maybe stuff isn't right in my life. You want the eggnog to be perfect? Any eggnog drinkers? I'm not one, but I noticed we have a bottle in our refrigerator, so I guess I have one in our house. Yeah. You want the tree to be perfect, right? You say, here, kids, put on all the ornaments, and they put them all on, and then you go back and you rearrange them a little bit. You want everyone to come home for Christmas. Boy, I hope the kids come over. I hope I get a phone call. I hope I have someone to spend Christmas with. You hope that everything matches up just right, don't you? Don't we have those great expectations? The expectations are at an all-time high. But if you want to find peace this Advent, I encourage you to grab on to the peace that Jesus already gives us, that all of our expectations have been met in Christ Jesus. So this Advent, prepare with peace trusting in God's perfect plan that has played out in this world for you. The second way to find peace this Advent is to focus on forgiveness, not vengeance. To focus on forgiveness, not vengeance. How easy is it to be vengeful when we come together as a family? How easy is it to hold those ideas in your mind of how that person's wronged you or why you're not sending a card to them or why you're not calling her. It's so easy, isn't it? And this is such a great time of year just to get back at someone. No, it's not. It's not, is it? But as we've seen in every Christmas movie we've watched on Lifetime or on the Hallmark Channel, we think it is. Yeah, I have a fan back there. We think it is a good season but we're supposed to focus on forgiveness, not vengeance. John prepares the way 
for this unstoppable power. And who shows up? A baby. Baby Jesus. What's Jesus' answer? How does Jesus lead? Does Jesus lead with vengeance and force? No. Jesus leads with forgiveness. Jesus loves those who are unloved. Jesus welcomes in the outsiders. Jesus turns the other cheek. You can imagine why the Pharisees and Sadducees were disappointed. They're like, let's go, let's bring these guys down. And Jesus says, let's love and forgive. I get it. The season of Advent can be hard. Bad memories, heartbreak, broken relationships, incredible loss. But Jesus is born into this brokenness. Jesus is born into this broken world to experience every single ounce of humanity in the middle of the pain. In the middle of the suffering, he brings a message of reconciliation and forgiveness. It says this, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they've done. Forgive them. They do not know what they've done. Friends, this Advent, welcome in forgiveness. Forgive those who you harbor bad feelings towards. Reconcile those broken relationships. Find peace in the fact that you are forgiven in Jesus' name. Find peace in the fact that you are forgiven in Jesus' name. So often, isn't that the struggle? We don't feel worthy of forgiveness ourselves. But here we're told we're forgiven. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful is coming after me. And I'm not even worthy to stoop down and untie his sandal. I have baptized with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The third way to find peace this Advent is to prepare your heart and prepare your home. Prepare your heart and home this Advent. John the Baptist was saying to God's people, we have to get ready. It's time. Which roads need to be straightened out? What needs to be cleaned up in the house? We need to get ready. Who, who do we need to seek forgiveness from as we prepare to receive Jesus? Each year, once I finally get the Christmas lights up, once we finally get the tree up, once the house is finally decorated, Stephanie's looking at me like, well, you didn't do much, buddy. But each year after the family comes together and does all of this stuff by the lead of my wife, thank you, wife, I have this deep sigh of relief. It's like you look at the house and you're just, oh, we're ready. We're finally ready. We're finally ready to host that staff Christmas party next weekend. We're finally ready to invite someone over to the house because, you know, there's this intermediary phase where you're not ready to have anyone over, like the boxes are kind of scattered about. But then they all go back away, and it's, it's time. We're ready. Maybe for you as finishing Christmas shopping, anyone, any of those overachievers who's finished? Yes. Yes, good job. You, you guys are awesome. Maybe you finished with present wrapping. If anyone raises their hand, you have to, you have to leave. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I'm kidding. That's a joke. 
Even present rappers are welcome. But we each have these moments, don't we? Where we kind of slump back in the chair and say, I'm ready. Now I'm prepared. Now Christmas can happen. We're told the voice of the one crying out in the wilderness said, prepare the way of the Lord. Prepare the way. Make the path straight. What roads in our life need to be straightened out? What lights need to be lit in the house? What's blocking the way of the Lord to prepare your heart? What's blocking that path? Your greatest expectations have already been met in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Your greatest expectations have been met. Focus on forgiveness. We have been forgiven, so let us forgive others. Prepare your heart. Prepare your home, this Advent. What needs to be worked out? What relationships need to be rebuilt? What needs mending? Theologian Henry Nouwen says it best. May the attitude of waiting allow us to be a people who can live in a very chaotic world and survive spiritually. Who can live in a chaotic world and survive spiritually. Are we going to make it through this Advent? That's the question I've had to ask myself a few times. When I was laying there last Sunday morning and just heartbroken at home, I couldn't be here with you. I was like, am I going to survive this Advent? When we turn on the news, we ask, are we going to survive this Advent? Maybe when you think about your year, you think, are, am I going to survive this Advent? In this chaotic world, let us wait. Let us breathe deep. Let us focus on forgiveness. And we will survive spiritually. For there to be peace on earth, there needs to be patience in our heart. In the middle of all the expectations, all the preparation, we need to be able to find peace this Advent. Find a new sense of trust. Find a new sense of patience in all of the peace that Jesus brings about. And having three kids who are young at home, I mean, we need patience, right? The kids went to bed all getting in trouble, and we hadn't put the star up on the tree. And Skipper laid there last night and said, well, Dad, what about the star on the tree? And I wanted to say, well, you're in trouble, so we're not going to do it. But I took a deep breath, and I was like, okay. We all got back out of bed, got the girls lined up, and put the star on the tree. But sometimes it takes a little patience, doesn't it? It takes a little patience. All of the preparation, all of the work, it only gets us so far. What we manufacture on our own only leads down a path, down this boulevard of broken dreams. Jesus is coming into this world, whether we're ready or not. Dreams will be fulfilled. Amen.
We are so richly blessed. I think it's easy sometimes to let the hard times outweigh the good. But when we look at it, we're blessed. When we look at the life of our church here at Grace, I see so many blessings. I see so much good stuff. But it's so great to see the Christian education of the church, to see people involved in so many wonderful Bible studies. We thank all of our Christian educators, all those teaching Bible studies, all of those leading the congregation into deeper fellowship. What a blessing it is. We see the children of the church learn more about the love of Jesus, and we're reminded of the blessings. We look at the preschool capital campaign and dreams being fulfilled, the dream of inviting children onto campus here at Grace every day of the week to learn about God's great love so much closer. There is so much good stuff happening here at Grace. And we are so thankful for all that God is doing. I want to invite you then in grateful response to all of the goodness, all of that which we are thankful for here at church and in life, to bring our gifts, to bring our tithes, to bring our offerings, and to leave them at the back. We have an offering plate back there. If you're online viewing, you can go on to gpcvista.org and go to our PayPal link, and you can set up giving that way as well. It's super easy for those online viewers. So we invite you to participate in the giving life of the church, whether you're in person or online today. If you would, pray with me now. O God of our righteousness, in whose sight a thousand years are as one day, we come this day offering our gifts. Use them to spread the good news that Christ comes so that all may dwell in his peace. Help us to break down whatever hostility divides our sisters and brothers. And hear us as we dedicate ourselves anew to becoming your agents of reconciliation. Amen.
Thank you, ladies of grace. Always beautiful. It seems the prayers of the people are just getting so full here at Grace. It seems when we look at our prayer chain, it keeps on growing and concerns keep on getting deeper and prayer needs are increasing. But at Grace, we actively pray one another. If you're not on the prayer chain and you would like to be, uh, come up and we'll talk to Kimberly. It's not here. So uh, talk with Annabelle after worship and thank you, Annabelle. And she'll help, she'll help you uh, get connected on the prayer chain. We would love to be able to have you involved in the prayer life of the church if you're not already. If you do get those prayer chains, um, you know there's a lot we're praying for. Uh, Pastor Phil Sparkman had a fall and uh, had to go to the hospital. He's at home now, though, which we're thankful for. Betty Haver, our dear friend, 105 years old, is on hospice care. I heard, though, she yesterday was playing cards and getting her hair done. So um, knowing Betty, she'll be in church on Christmas Eve. But uh, we are so thankful uh, for her. There just seems to be around every turn. Oh, and John and John Adams. 
Thank you. Yes, thank you. And John Sun is here today. So good to see you. We're praying for your dad, lifting him up in prayers. John Adams had a stroke last Sunday, I believe. Was it Sunday? Or Monday, yes. And uh, he was is hospitalized still, but is doing better. He is on the road to recovery, it seems, and has a good care plan going forward. And for that, we are thankful. There is so much going on. And I know you have the needs and the concerns and prayers of your own heart. But we're promised that those prayers are heard. So Lord, hear now our prayers. Herald of good tidings and proclaimer of peace to the nations. We thank you for all of those who bring a foretaste of your righteousness. Your word is a beacon of light that lights our goodness, bringing hope to a world that is weary of strife. The message has gone out through all of history that you will judge the nations with fairness. You will lead your people to a more glorious day. We yearn for the time when our days are more peaceful. Be with all of those who still dwell in tension. Ease suspicion that breeds hostility, leading brothers and sisters to speak out against one another. Make us impatient with mere words that speak of peace and help us to substitute words with action and to take those first steps to heal divisions and reconcile differences. We pray for those who very, whose very lives depend upon the decisions of others. Give them some sense of justice and dignity. Let us who are the church of your word, Jesus Christ, join with them in their plight and their promise, uniting to bring about a new day. Enlarge our world to include them in the decisions that we make. Make us more sensitive to the truth that how we live determines whether others survive. Bring closer the time when the way of love shall be recognized as your way, and the nation shall confess that you alone are God. Let us now pray together the prayer Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Please stand and join me in singing our closing hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel.
I want to invite you to remain standing through our charge and benediction. All of the preparation, all of the work, it only gets us so far. Jesus is breaking into this world and dreams will be fulfilled. Go now and walk in the light of the Lord. Stay alert for the Lord is near. Pray for peace for all of God's people. And may God clothe you in the light of Christ. May Christ Jesus teach you his ways. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Amen. Amen.